The Warship team, if you could make your way to the stage, please. New Hope Community Church, if we can start making our way back to our seats so we can allow our Father, our Lord, Heavenly Jesus Christ to enter into us this morning. How's everybody doing today? Can we give a shout of praise to our Father? Can we get a shout of, shout of praise? Could you tell the person to your left and to your right that I'm excited that you were here today? 
I am excited that you are here today because we know that God has something to do and God is going to do something in your lives and we're excited. We're excited that you took that step and you took that faith to come on a Sunday to walk through those doors and sit in these pews to receive something today. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. But before we start today, we got some news. We got some little things that we just got to cover. And really quickly, I'm going to hand it over to Evan and he's going to do some explanation of the things that we got going on. All right, what's up? Good morning, everybody. So, um, I just got a quick announcement. We have the 5K that's going to be happening. Um, it's going to be next Saturday, uh, what's coming up. And I just want to let everybody know there's a, there was a typo. It said Ambridge High School track and field. There is not a track and field at Ambridge High School. It is at junior high. So I'm going to be posting that on Facebook, but I just want everyone to be aware of that. So there was a typo and a mess up, but we hope to see you all at the junior high. If you forget about this announcement, we'll make sure somebody's there and remind you on that day and point you to the junior high. So other than that, um, also we're going to be starting youth group on Friday nights. It's called Ignite Youth. And so we're going to start doing that on Friday nights. Basically, all the youth that wants to get together, middle school and high school, we're going we're gonna to meet in a fellowship hall have some snacks and hang out, pray for the service. We're all going to worship together. And then after worship, we're going to go over to the green room and we're going to have like a share group, a topical group. Um, and so we're going to hang out in that way. And the focus is going to be on discipleship because who knows, we need to raise up a generation that believes in God, that believes in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, who knows what they believe. They understand their faith. They understand how to walk with God. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to accomplish. And if there's anyone, maybe as I speak about this, if you feel a tug on your heart, that maybe you want to be a part of helping disciple youth, try to reach out to me, reach out to Pastor Rick. Let's try to get connected so that we could uh, help raise this generation for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen, 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 amen. So if we could all stand and rise and we get ready to step into what God has for us today. Before we start today, I don't know about you guys, but my week has been like a whirlwind. So I kind of just want to take the time to just allow the Lord and the Spirit to just enter us, right? So we're just going to play, and we're just going to just relax, and we're just going to ask the Father to just empty us right now. Because I know my week has been crazy, and I know maybe some of you guys' week have been crazy, right? But we just take that time to just, just, just rest, right? And allow the Spirit to just rest on us and allow the God to just enter us and allow Him to do what He does and not let us move out of our own situation, but allow Him to use us, right? So I'm going to open us up in prayer, and we're just going to just play some music, and we're just going to relax, right? And we're just going to allow our Lord to use us this morning. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this building this morning, Lord. Father, I ask that you just, I ask that you just allow us to see you right now, Lord. Lord, your word says when two or more are gathered, you're here. So I know you're here. But, Father, I ask that you allow these people to open their hearts up to you this morning, Lord. Open their minds up to you this morning, Father. Father, allow them to see nothing but you. Father, allow them to know that if they give up their lives, if they give up their struggles, if they give up their pain, if they give up their hurts, Father, they're gaining something more. They're gaining something more from you, Lord. They're gaining something more powerful, more stronger than that addiction. Father, they're gaining something. They're gaining something that's a life changing. Father, you have, you, have, you, have, you, have, you have died on the cross for us, Lord, and you have made a way. You have paved ways and paths for so many people, Lord. So, Father, I ask that you just allow us to just 
reach our hands and extend our lives out to you right now, Lord. Father, we want to come empty, 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 empty. Let us hold nothing of our lives right now, Lord. Father, let us bring everything that we're struggling with to the cross to you this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.
open our eyes, open our eyes for you, Lord. Open our eyes for you, Lord. We want to see you, Lord. We want to see you, Lord.
check one, two. I sense that we're in a holy moment, and I don't want to. I don't want to rush through this. You guys can be seated for a second. Can we just? Can we just close our eyes just for a moment? Let's just let the peace of God just rest on you right now. to just just begin speaking the spirit's always speaking but we're not always listening we're not always tuned to the right frequency service, the things that you're going to do. Lord, forgive us for making things out to be something that they're not and letting the cares of life go above our relationship with you. Help us to realign our priorities. Help us to realign our life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take our offering. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Ushers, if you want to make your way forward. Verse 7, it says, as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. And the grace that he was talking about was the grace of giving. And as we give our lives to the Lord and we grow in the things of God, we grow in different areas and we have to allow, we have to apply faith to different areas. And one of those areas is trusting God with our finances. You know, there's three things that Jesus said that his disciples would do. If you read the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about when you pray, pray like this. When you fast, you fast like this. And when you give, you give like this. So he said that we would pray, we would fast, and we would give. In other words, a disciple of Jesus Christ, our life is going to involve fasting, praying, and sacrifice. And it takes time to be generous. We're not born generous. If you don't believe me, get two two two-year-olds, put them in a playpen, 
give them one toy. But we learn to be generous. We learn to not allow money to control us. And we also learn to let God be our provider. I was just thinking and believing. I was looking at uh, another, another ministry that was down in Florida, and they were talking about the building that they were going to build. And they were spending all this money because they wanted to have the old classic look of a sanctuary, that a place that you walk in, it feels like a sacred space because most of the new churches that they're building look like Walmarts, right? You walk in Walmart, you walk in a church, they pretty much look the same. It's when you go in. And I was thinking, you know, what a gift that we have been giving that God gave us this space that looks sacred, that he gave us this space that, you know, if, if you tried to get it built, you probably couldn't get it built. And thinking like the millions of dollars that that ministry was going to spend on their new building, like we could spend a portion of that and have this place totally, totally redone, totally beautiful. But I've let my faith stop me. And it's like I've just had to have enough faith just to keep our programs going, just to keep, just to keep the lights on, do little improvements here and there when we had the money. But it was like hard for me to believe to get this entire space redone, to get it restored, to get it to really where it needs to be to honor God. But I'm going to believe again. I'm going to begin to believe for everything that we need to get this place done, to get us out of debt, Amen. Come on. to walk into a place where people are like, wow, you go to church here. This is amazing. This is beautiful. Right now, you got to wear a hat so you, you don't catch paint chips, right? You don't want to sit here with your mouth open. But by the grace of God, we're going to change that. But it takes a people to say, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to be generous. You know, people have no problem with, you know, spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to redo their whole house, to do this and that, but... You know, they'll come to church with one George Washington and be like, here, man, I'm going to put in my, you know. But I believe that we're in a season where God is calling us to this place to believe for more and believe for something greater, to believe that he's going to build an influential, spirit-filled church that is going to change culture, is going to change the community right here in Ambridge. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you. Help us, Lord, to have the faith to excel not just in spiritual things, but even just our giving. Some of us have faith to be healed. We have faith to see our friends saved. We have faith to see ourselves delivered from addiction. But that area of giving is just hard. So, Lord, I just pray that you would just break down those walls of limitation. And as your word says, test me on this and see if I don't pour out the windows of heaven so big that you have a blessing that you can't contain. So, Lord, we thank you that the windows of heaven are open. We thank you, Lord, that you are a blesser of your people and that you called us to live in abundance. 
In Jesus' name, amen. And as the usher goes past, if we can reach our hands out to our kids this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just, I just thank you for just allowing us just to have this uh, abundance of kids, Lord. And Father, I put a special protection upon them this morning, Lord, as they get ready to learn your word, Lord, and listen to your words, Father. Father, I ask that you just allow them to see you this morning, Lord. Open their ears to hear you this morning, Father. Father, give these teachers the strength to, to teach your word and to understand these children, Lord. So many different kids come from different backgrounds, Father. So I should just give these teachers just the grace that you have to understand these kids, Lord, and to, to work with these kids, Father. Father, I just thank you again just for allowing us to just have these kids and just to start this foundation here with you, Lord, just being able to just teach them to build them upon your word and your name. So, Father, I ask that you just continue to grow and grow these kids in your name. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great job. Are we ready for the word? All right. So uh, on Friday, uh, we have a Friday night service as well at 7 o'clock. I started a series that we called Ghost Stories. A lot of people are into ghosts, hunting ghosts. I remember for a little while, um, and I don't know who it was, I guess, I don't know, I'm assuming they lived in Ambridge. There was like this camouflage vehicle that used to be parked and it had like, you know, paranormal investigation. You know, they were, they were going out and I guess that they were, they were ghost hunters. And it seems to be a popular thing for people to go out and, and try to see a ghost or try to find a ghost. And I can even remember that um, years ago, our, our men's recovery home is in an old convent. And so it was a convent at one time, the nuns used to live there. And there was one guy that called me and he was completely freaked out because he told me that he saw a ghost of a nun. And I was like, really? And then he was like, yeah. And he was like, all, he's like, I walked in, I walked into the kitchen and I saw all the guys that are in our men's home right now are like, oh, really, man, I'm moving like Monday. But I, he was like, yeah, he's like, I saw this girl. It was a nun and she was staring right at me. And like, at first, I mean, he was so adamant about it. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it was an old convent. Might've been some weird stuff. I don't, you know. I don't really know, but then I just found out the guy was just on crack, so it wasn't really anything like that, but we're going to be talking about a ghost, but we're going to be talking about the Holy Ghost, amen? And something that's even more scarier sometimes than people seeing a ghost is giving up control to the Holy Ghost. People want to be in control of their lives. And, and you know, when you're, when you're allowing God to control your life, you can't control God. So we want control of our lives and we want to have God. And so when we start talking about things like 
allowing the Holy Spirit to take control, come fill this atmosphere. You know, and that's why sometimes when the presence of God gets heavy, you'll see some people, they're like, I'm out of here, man. I don't know. I don't want none of that. Things are getting a little crazy. But the Holy Ghost, right, the new translate, King James calls it Holy Ghost. The new, tran- the new translation called Holy Spirit, it's the same word. It's just translated, the old King James version was ghost. The, the, the new version translated as spirit. So the, it's interchangeable when we say the Holy Ghost and, and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is, is, is God. The Holy Spirit is your best friend. And that's what we're going to be talking all about. We're going to be talking about um, the, the Holy Spirit. So let's pray really quick. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, and I pray that everybody would know the Holy Spirit in a deeper way. Lord, I pray for any type of limitations. Lord, I pray especially for just religion, the walls of religion to just come down. And we'd put aside our preconceived notions And we would just allow you to be you. So, Lord, I I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead and guide us into all truth today. So I pray that truth would go forward and it would smash every stronghold of the enemy. Every imagination that sets itself up against God and is preventing people from being who God called them to be. Lord, I pray that that would change today. I pray you would anoint me to preach and teach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever in your life depended on somebody and then all of a sudden they just disappear out of your life? And you're like, all right, what am I going to do? I remember when I first got saved and I, I mean, I didn't have much of a background in church. I had a little background in church, but definitely didn't have a background in church like this. And, you know, came to church, you know, different kind of worship, different kind of message. At first it was a little, you know, I was like, huh, I don't, I don't know if I understand all this. You know, growing up Catholic, it was, you know, and, and this was kind of, you know, the, the, the messages would really hit you where you lived. You know, sometimes I thought that Sherry called the pastor the night before and told him all the bad stuff I was doing because... The next day when we were in church, it would be like the pastor was reading my mail, right? So all this was like different to me. And um, I started kind of just, you know, getting hungry for the things of God, started coming to church. And um, the pastors that were there at the time, I didn't connect with in a, in a great way, but we got this new pastor and he spoke here before. His name was Pastor Chuck. And, and he really took me under his wing and, and he had a background in uh, in addiction and getting set free. And, and so I was like, okay, this is somebody I can relate to, you know, somebody I can really, you know, that, that maybe understands me. And, and, and we became close. And, you know, every time that I would, you know, uh, if like I had something to pray about, I wouldn't really pray about it. I'd call the pastor and be like, hey, pastor, I need you to pray about something. You know, anytime I had a question about something I read in the Bible, I, I'd call him up. Well, then one day he just announced to the church that he was moving back to California. So he wasn't going to be around anymore. So, you know, this person that I was kind of really leaning on for like all things spiritual was kind of removed from my life. And I was like, oh, okay, now what am I going to do? 
Well, there was other people that were, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, mature believers. Um, I mean, I, I thought they were mature. I mean, they had been in church a long time and, you know, but when we moved the church from Moon to Ambridge, you know, different culture, different kind of place. And, and uh, anyway, some things happened and a bunch of people that I really, in the same way that like, if I needed prayer, I would call them, say, hey, can you pray for me? If I had a problem, I had somebody to talk to. And, and through a series of events, like people just started leaving, you know, and we, we got to this place where the church kind of became very sick and a lot of people left. So there wasn't really anybody that I could depend on anymore for spiritual things. But guess what? It wasn't a bad thing because I learned how to pray for myself, right? I learned how to search out the Bible for myself. So these people, I was, I was leaning on them and I was depending on them and they left. And at first it was like a scary thing to me, but it actually ended up being a better thing for my spiritual growth and how close I was with God. And so kind of just thinking along those lines, you could probably understand that it had to be very confusing for the disciples to begin to hear that Jesus was going to leave them. I mean, for three years, they had followed him around everywhere he went. It wasn't like back then, like with the disciples where they just, okay, I went to church on Sunday, then I went back to my job. No, they left everything. They left everything. Some of them had fishing businesses. You know, one guy was a tax collector. They had stuff. They left all to follow Jesus. And they, and they were following Jesus this whole time. Like all their life was, was about following Jesus. And they had watched them, right? Pray for the sick and, and then be healed. Even raise the dead. They watched them cast out demons. You know, and he would send them out. He would say, okay, I'm going to give you authority and you guys go out. But they would come back. And when they had questions, they would ask Jesus. And, and when they were there, when they needed to know how to pray, they would ask Jesus. So they had all this stuff. But once Jesus said, you know what, there's a time coming where I'm going to leave. Then it had to bring up a whole bunch of other questions. Who was going to lead them now? Who was going to be their leader? What would happen to their group if Jesus wasn't there anymore? But the plan for humanity was so much greater than we could ever imagine. See, Jesus doesn't just have a plan for your death. And that's what a lot of people think. You know what? I come to church, I get my sins forgiven, and then that way I, I can just live a, a, my life, and then when I die, I get to go to heaven. But Jesus doesn't just have a plan for your death. He has a plan for your life. His word says that I came that you might have life, and you might have it more uh, abundantly. And what if I told you that his death on the cross was just paving the way so that you and I could become who we are truly meant to be, that we could become children of God. And I'm not talking about like in a figurative sense that, uh, well, you know, God's our creator. We're just all children of God. No, that we would be literally born into his family, that we would have uh, uh, the same divine nature. We would be born, born again of the spirit in a family and that divine nature of God would live on the inside of me. See, Jesus today is seated on the right hand of God and he's sitting down because his work is finished. 
When he was on the cross, before he gave up the ghost, he said, it is finished. He, he, was, he was finished at that point. And the work of what we're called to do today is not so much done by Jesus, but by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know or you don't understand or you're scared of the Holy Spirit, then you're never going to be able to lay hold of what God truly has for you. So this morning, we're going to read um, some passages from what they call the Upper Room Discourse. And um, this is a teaching that Jesus kind of gave his disciples. It was an intimate teaching where Jesus brought his disciples up to a room. They ate Passover together. And most people think that this was less than a day from when he would actually be crucified. So if you have your Bibles with you, let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, we're going to begin with verse 15. I'll give you a minute to turn there or go there on your phone or your Bible app or you, some of you guys can just look at me. <laughs> Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, that in itself, in our own human strength, is utterly impossible. See, that, that, was, that was the whole thing. Like, Moses gave them the law. He gave them the Ten Commandments. But there's something in us that is so broken that there is no way that we can do right. There's no way that we can keep the law. But what Jesus is going to do is he's going to promise them some supernatural help. See, Jesus knows that we can't do it on our own. You can't. You can't do it on your own. That's why it was called the curse of the law, because to get the blessings of God, you had to keep the law of God perfectly. But in our flawed human nature, in our fallen human nature, there is no way that you could keep the law. Most of you guys broke the Ten Commandments, broke like almost all the Ten Commandments before you were like five years old. So it's impossible. But how are you going to get yourself into alignment with the way that God created you to be? It's going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So I want us to first of all look at the language here, and I want you to notice that the Holy Spirit is never referred to as it. It's not a thing. It's not an impersonal force. It's not uh, it's not like electric. It's nothing like that. It's referred to as a he. The Holy Spirit is not an it, it's a he. He's, he's God and, and he's a person. 
You can lie to the Holy Spirit. Astanias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5. Peter said, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? You didn't lie to men, you lied to God. So you can't lie to an impersonal force. I can't lie to electricity. I can't lie to to, to win. You have to lie to a person. And it doesn't just say that you can lie to the Holy Spirit. It also says not to grieve the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he. Is a he. And if you don't understand that the Holy Spirit is a person, he's a he, then you will never have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because you always see it as a force. You won't see it as a person, as God, that you can have a relationship with. He says that I will pray the Father. It's it's worded a little bit weird. It, It should say, I will ask the Father. That would be a better translation. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And... Where he says another, what he means by that word is he means that I am going to give you another person that is just like me, but is not me. So he's going to be just like me, but he's not me. So there's another person that's going to, and he says helper. That word helper is, is parakletos. It means one that is to come alongside. So I'm going to give you one who is not me, who is just like me, that is going to come alongside of you. And the reason that it's translated helper, and in other translations, it's translated advocate. It's translated comforter. It's translated intercessor. All those could be accurate uh, looking at the word because what it means is that when you have different struggles in your life and you feel overwhelmed that there's someone that comes alongside of you to help think about it like this you have a big job right let's say that you're 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 building a new deck on your house And you're going to build a new deck on your house. But you know what? It's an overwhelming job. You don't know how it's going to get done. You can't carry all the lumber and you you don't really have the plans. You never built a a deck before and you need somebody to hold stuff so you can screw it in. and, And you need somebody to get stuff for you. And then somebody comes alongside of you. You have a person, you have a friend that comes alongside of you and helps you build that deck, helps you hold stuff, helps you carry all the wood, helps you bring the screws, grabs tools when you need them, helps you put it all together. That's a helper that comes alongside you. Maybe you're, you're in a different situation where you have a death in your family or, or you have some other kind of tragic situation and, and you just stand there broken and you're just a mess and you're, you're, you're crying and, and you have no idea how you're going to move on and, and you don't know how you're going to get through this situation and, and you have someone who comes alongside of you and kind of puts that arm around you and, and, and just holds you and says, you know what, it, it's going to be, it, it's going to be all right. You're going to get through this. I'm going to be here with you the entire time. That person is a 
comforter. Let's say you do something stupid and you end up getting arrested. I mean, I don't think anybody in this, you know, place would, you know, do something stupid and get arrested, but maybe at the other church, amen. Amen. But let's say if you did, you do something stupid, you, 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 you get arrested, you go to court and, and you're facing going to jail and then you have a lawyer come and explain to you how the legal system works and develops a strategy and, and, and when you have to go and face the judge, they come and they stand alongside of you and they fight for you. That person is an advocate. Let's say that you're going to work one morning and, and you go out and you, 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 try to, you try to start your car, but it's just not starting. You're already in a hurry. You're going to be late for work. So you go around and you go and you pop open your hood and you look at the engine, not because you know anything that's going on with your engine or you, you would know anything what to do. It's just you figure like, okay, my car is broke down. I got to open it up and look at the engine. And so you just go and you open it up, you look at the engine, you don't know what you're doing anyway, but you feel like you're doing something by popping a trunk and looking at it. And you look at it, it doesn't really look like anything's wrong and there was nothing wrong with it yesterday. And after staring for like five minutes, not knowing what to do anyway, you just decide to shut it and what the heck, I'm just gonna try it one more time. I popped the hood, it should work now, right? So you get in. And you start the car. See, some of you guys are laughing because you do that exact same thing. It's all good. So you just go and you go around to your car and you hit it and it starts right up. You're like, oh, all right, that's weird. But then you, you're heading to work and now you're a few, few more minutes late and you go and all of a sudden you see sirens and you see a whole thing and there's a big car wreck. And had you been on time, You would have been in that wreck, but mama was up early praying for you. Mama was up early saying, cover cover my boy, keep him safe, keep him safe, keep him protected. Mama was your intercessor. Mama was your intercessor. So when it talks about that the Holy Spirit is going to come alongside, it's more than just your helper. It's more than just your helper. So let's, let, let's put it together, 2023, and let's break it down for what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit. And, and I guess that, that if I could paraphrase the words of Jesus, this is just what I would say to the disciples. I would say, look, I, I have some work that I'm going to do that I have to do. And guess what? This work is going to take me out of the picture in the way that I've been with you now. But I have someone who is just like me, whom I'm going to send, but, but he can't come unless I, I figure out this sin problem. I got to do something about this sin problem because he is holy. But I'm going to bring him down, but I got to take care of the sin of the world because I am going to send one alongside who is holy. But because I'm going to pay for your sin on that old rugged cross, and you will have my righteousness now, I'm going to open up a door that has never been opened before. 
I've been dwelling with you and you know me and the Holy Spirit has been on me so you know what it is to walk with the Holy Spirit but I'm going to open a door that the Holy Spirit will be inside of you and it will be you who will do the work of the ministry. It will be you who will work to expand the kingdom of God. I'm going to send you out as lambs among wolves but you will not be alone to complete this work. You will not have to do it on your own because there's going to be some things that you're called to do and accomplish that are going to be way bigger than you could do on your own. But no matter how big or, or how impossible it seems, you have a helper, the Holy Spirit, to give you help you need to make the impossible possible. You know, when Amy Semple McPherson built the first four-square church, Angelus Temple, those of us who are going on the missions trip will attend there in church that Thursday. But she said that God called her to build a building. And she never built a building before, but she said God gave her the plans. See, the helper came and she drew all the plans for Angela's temple that's still standing today by hand and built the entire thing debt-free back in 1930. Jesus also said, as I send you in, out in the world, don't forget that this world is still under a curse because the rain will fall on the just as well as the unjust. And, and you may face some things that totally break your heart and things that, that, that rock your life, but the Holy Spirit will comfort you and he will let you know that everything is going to be all right. And even if it doesn't seem like it at the moment, he'll remind you that all things work together for the good, even if it doesn't think like it seems like it ever will. You know, there was a time I talked about when, when people left, there was a time at this church where any one person would have walked in and said, man, this church is not going to make it. I mean, literally down to a dozen people. You know, you see our worship team today, it's awesome. They're, they're awesome people. They lead us into, into the presence of God. But there was a time where our worship team was a boombox and a CD. And I'd put it in and then we'd just like sing the words together and people would be just sitting around and I mean... I had to be there. I was pastor in the church or I would have went somewhere else. Amen? <laughs> but guess what? The comforter was there. Because there was times I would wake up in the middle of the night because I had this vision of what God wanted to do in the church. But in the natural, it just seemed like everything was falling apart. It seemed like everybody that I cared about, that I was connected to, left me. And, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I felt completely like a little kid. I never, I didn't know anything about pastoring a church or anything. And I didn't know what was going to happen. But guess what? The comforter came alongside me and said, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. He didn't tell me how it was going to be all right, but he told me it was going to be all right. And because the comforter comforted my heart and told me it was going to be all right, then I stayed and I just kept moving forward and I just kept moving forward I just kept taking the the next step even when we didn't pay our mortgage for like five months 
I said, well, you know, I, I don't know. At this point, I was just figuring like, all right, maybe we should put in the church budget a pair of bolt cutters. So when they come and chain the door, man, we can still kind of snap the chain off and maybe keep it going for another couple weeks before they, before they find out. But the comforter, he was there. Holy Spirit. And as you walk this walk, there is an adversary. You're going to have an enemy. He's, he, he's the accuser, and his name is Satan. And he has an army of, of demons, and they're going to assault your mind. And they're going to accuse you all the time. And every time you mess up, he's going to get in your mind and tell you that you're no good, that you're never going to be right, that you're never going to get better. But the Holy Spirit, your advocate, will begin to speak and remind you, no, Jesus died for those sins. Jesus paid for your sins in his blood, and God has forgiven you. You are forgiven. You are the righteousness of Christ in, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he who started a good work in you will take it to completion. And guess what? My struggle today will not be my struggle tomorrow. I've been made righteous, so the accusations of the devil have no power in me. Because I have an advocate, the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm talking about the helper this morning. The, your best friend, the Holy Spirit. And I remember even when I was called into ministry, like I knew the past. I, you know, my past hasn't been squeaky clean like all your guys' past has been. But I had a messed up past, and I'm in my hometown, and I can't hide the things that I did, and I can't hide all the things. I just have to face them all, and I'm being called to ministry, but I'm thinking like I can't stand up in front of that pulpit because people are going to remember who Rick Thornhill was out on those streets, and they're going to walk in, and they're going to say, this place is a joke if you have that guy behind the pulpit. And I had to be shaken out by a prophetic word when I was at a men's conference and, and a guy had to call me out and, and, and just begin reading my mail when I wanted to step away from ministry and I wanted to step away from all leadership and I wanted to say, you know what, I just want to play the background. I want to help the church, but I don't want to be in front of the church. And, and a man grabbed me and, and in the middle of preaching to 250 people, called me out, pulled me out front. And just started yelling in my face, spitting in my face, while, by the way, which wasn't a great experience, but the word was good, the prophetic word was good, and he sat there and said, you know what, you're hesitant in the walk that God has called you to, because you're looking back at your past. Quit looking, at your, quit looking at your past and realize that God has qualified you, that he has called you, that he has forgiven you, that he has made you new, and you need to go forward with the things of God. That was the Holy Spirit, the advocate working in my life when I didn't feel good enough. And there's going to be times in your life where you don't know how to pray. Because there may be plots against you. There may be people coming against you. There may be things of the Spirit coming against you. There may be things that are about to happen to you that you don't even know that's going to happen. But the intercessor, the Holy Spirit, who is God and knows all things and sees all things, will help you pray for those things. And the perfect prayer will release every resource in heaven that you need. See, when Jesus left to ascend to heaven, he didn't leave us alone, and he didn't leave us orphans. The Holy Spirit 
is your helper. He is your comforter. He is your advocate. And he is your intercessor. So when you're overwhelmed and, and, and I can't figure out how I, I can do what God called me to do or, or I'm going to be able to get to where I think God wants me to go, I'm just going to say, Holy Spirit, help me because I can't do it alone. When I feel broken and life has me beat down and tired, I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, come and comfort me because I am broken and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it and I need to feel your peace and I need to feel your love and I need to know that things are going to be okay. And when I feel guilty and ashamed of things I did in my past or mistakes I made, I need to say, Holy Spirit, I need to feel God's grace in my life. I need God's forgiveness. I need his mercy to flow in my life. And, and if I feel anxious or, or if I just feel like something's wrong, then I need to say, Holy Spirit, you need to help me. I need to know how to pray here because I don't know everything that's going on in the minds of men. And I don't know everything that's going on in the spiritual world. But, but, but I, don't, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But Holy Spirit, you can tell me how to pray. And if you don't have it, you can ask them. You can say, Holy Spirit, give me a prayer language. Give me a prayer language so I have this tool in my toolbox so I can be able to speak directly to God and see the perfect prayer go up and the perfect blessings come down. And I just want to finish by reading just a little bit more scripture. Worship team, if you want to go ahead and just make your way forward, just going on. I just, wanna, I just want us to hear the words of Jesus and allow them to sit on our hearts Verse 19, it says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father. And you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You see the entire Trinity, the entire Godhead working together. Jesus testifies of God. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. And the plan of God was that there would be a family, that, that, that we would all be one having the same divine nature and essence of God living inside of every one of us. And that happens through the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad that you have a helper? Ain't you glad that you have a helper? You're not on your own. If we, if we put the Holy Spirit to the side, what we have is a philosophy we have a philosophy of life on a way to live, but we're still doing it by our own human strength. And that's not how we've been designed. We've been designed to be a temple, to be a house of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to be your advocate. He wants to be your comforter. He wants to be your best friend. He's God. God if we could just bow our heads just for a moment I just want to give everybody in here an opportunity I 
I don't want to assume that everybody's a Christian in here, that, that everybody's given their life to the Lord, but I do want to give you that opportunity today. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it's the best decision you could ever make. And yes, the Bible says that when we die, there comes a judgment. And if we die without Jesus, then we pay for our sins. If we die with our faith in Jesus, he paid for our sins. That's the way it works. And we all need forgiveness. But he doesn't just have a plan for your death. He has a plan for your life. And when you say yes to Jesus, you have your sins forgiven. The Holy Spirit will come inside and spring up a well of everlasting life. And he'll empower you to live the life that you're truly called to live on this earth. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you want to say, yeah, I, I want to I do that today. I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior today. All I need you to do is just raise a hand up in the air and say, today I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. If it's your very first time that, that you've, you know, you've never done it before and you feel that pulling on your heart, Amen. Amen. We could just go ahead and stand to our feet. If you could just put yourself in a posture like this, just and this is just a posture of receiving. Just open yourself up. Just Holy Spirit come. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. We love you, Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord. We, we need your help. We need your help. Lord, I pray that right now that it would just be as if a river of living water would just flow right now. Flow into our thirsty souls. Nourish those dry places. Let us know what it is to be one with you. Lord, I pray that you would just bless everybody's life in here. Bless their lives, Lord. You know what they need. You know what their struggles are. You know what their pains are. You know what their hang-ups are. You know what their hurts are. Lord, I pray that this would be the season where every one of us takes a, a couple steps forward that we're not gonna be scared, we're not gonna be worried about what people think. We're not be worried about going too far. Nope, we're going as far as you'll let us go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him before we go. Just one more time. Let's just give him praise for who he is. That he'll provide everything you're, you need. Thank you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Yes, Lord. Come flood this Hallelujah. place and fill the air. Thank you, Jesus. 
to heaven one more time. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you will be with us forever. We thank you that we can know you more. So Lord, I just pray a blessing on each and every person here. Pray that you would bless them and keep them that your face would shine upon them and give them peace. I send them out with all the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy. And until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. This service is complete, but you're fear. feel free to stick around as much as you want.
I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. 